good day, friends. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of Enough for Today for November the 22nd. It's Thanksgiving week, and so happy Thanksgiving to you and those you love. Thank you for joining me on Enough for Today. We are going to have a short week. This is our last episode for this week. We're going to take a break tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, and then through the weekend. So after today, we'll resume next Monday. Uh, part of that is so that I can release you to enjoy the week and uh, and focus on your family and friends and your heart with the Lord. But then I need to take a break. I'm going to give my voice a rest and try to be quiet. I think my throat is tired uh, from talking. I've been talking a lot the last two weeks and teaching a lot. So uh, thanks for your, for your patience. We'll resume uh, a week from yesterday, okay? But today I think we're going to finish Psalm 66. So we left off yesterday in verse 15 with the word selah and the worshiper offering, burnt offerings and sacrifices and thanks to God for delivering him from his hardship. So verse 16 to verse 20, let's just read it. Come and hear all ye that fear God and I will declare what he's done for my soul. I love that. Come and see, come and hear. We showed a video on Sunday night of a young couple named Mike and Jess and they know Christ and are growing in grace after having tried Catholicism, Buddhism, New Age stuff. I mean, just going through the whole list and seeking truth. A friend said to Mike, read this book, and gave him the book done. Mike thought, well, it's just Christianity, and I've already tried that. Um, and, I, you know, I'm good your religion. I'm glad your religion works for you. But the man said, it's not about religion which piqued Mike's interest. He read the book. He trusted Christ. His late, later, his wife trusted Christ. Uh, they were baptized. And it all began with live stream and with one friend that gave him the book and invited him to live stream. And during COVID, he would go over to his friend's house to watch the live stream. It's a remarkable story of how God used one couple in our church just to, just to hand a book out. Well, that's the come and hear. That's the come and see principle. Come and hear all ye that fear God and declare, I will declare what he's done for my soul. You know, the next couple of days, let some people that you love hear some good things that God's done for you. Share the stories. Tell the stories. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to uh, be, be overbearing in pressing for a decision. Just share the grace of God. Verse 17, I cried unto him and with my mouth, I cried unto him with my mouth and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Now, there's a very important principle here for the next five or six minutes. Just give me your heart. I have heard, and you have heard, I'm sure, if you're a believer, this verse 18 quoted alone, just extrapolated out, held in, uh, in isolation, and then used. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a contradiction to our entire gospel theology, and that is that we do not relate to God on the basis of our performance, that our sin is placed on Jesus, and it's totally forgiven, and comprehensively we are made right with God, and we are viewed by God through the lens of Jesus' righteousness, not our sinfulness, even though we still struggle at times with sin and we continue to have the growing pains of the flesh and our sanctification. God says your sins and iniquities 
I will remember no more. So how does that jive with the idea that if I'm regarding iniquity in my heart, God turns his back and refuses to hear me? Because that's the essence of this verse. Verse 18 would, would, would could leave a believer uh, with, the, with the sense that if, if I've got a sin that I missed somewhere, if I've got some impure motive or some some pride, what if it's what if there's stuff I don't know about, and 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 I'm trying to pray, but God turns His back and fold. It's almost like He folds His arms and says, "Nope, talk to the hand. I am I'm not going to hear you." It just doesn't seem to jive with gospel theology. That the fact is, I don't have any goodness in myself, and why would God hear me in the first place? I could never deserve His hearing. I could never um, live up to his demands. So that verse tends to draw, draw our hearts alone. It draws our hearts back into performance-based theology. Um, and it, the idea that I've got to be good enough before I come to God. Well, look at verse, let's, let's put this together in context. The psalmist says, come in here and I'm going to describe for you. what." Can, can I just start by saying, this is the psalmist sharing his salvation testimony. Okay. Um, I want you to follow with me now the principles. Come and hear. All you that fear God, anyone that has a sense of reverence or respect to God, I want to declare to you what God has done for my soul. This is no different than a modern vernacular saying, hey, do you believe there's a God? Do you, do you believe that he created you? If so, then come and hear the story of what that God has done for my soul that he wants to do for your soul. So we can bring it into a 21st century vernacular. That's exactly what it means. Then the psalmist says, I cried on him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So let me un unpack this. I came to God as a sinner, and I lifted up my mouth and extolled him with my tongue. I declared him to be the God, my God. I entered into a relationship with him on his terms is kind of the sense of this. Um, and by virtue of that, the psalmist is admitting their sin in his life. The idea of regarding iniquity is the idea of withholding or protecting or retaining or not acknowledging. Salvation begins the moment um, salvation is, is obtained the moment we acknowledge our sin instead of hiding our sin, instead of retaining our sin. We cannot have a Savior and keep our sin debt at the same time or keep our uh, loyalty to sin. Having a Savior means I admit my sin is wrong, that it's there, that it's real, that I'm guilty, and I need a Savior. And that's the sense of verse 18. The psalmist said, I had to admit my sin to God because if, if I had not admitted my sin to God, he would never have heard me. And this is in a salvation sense, okay? Um, we were, the, the psalmist is saying, I was alienated from God in my sin. And had I retained and regarded that sin, then God would not have heard my prayer. Um, but verily, Verse 19, he hath heard me and he's attended the voice of my prayer. He answered my cry for salvation, my prayer for forgiveness, 
Blessed be God, which has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Now, this is this is where you got to catch it. What is mercy? Mercy is not giving me the punishment I deserve for my sin. Mercy is the basis of my relationship with God. So the psalmist is simply sharing his salvation testimony and celebrating the fact that his sins are forgiven. This ties right in with what we studied a few days ago. Uh, Psalm 65. Praise waits for thee in Zion. Unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. So the psalmists are not relating to God on the basis of the fact that they have managed to appropriately uh, confess every minute sin second by second so God doesn't turn his his back. This is a conditional prayer. It's it, uh, What I'm speaking, when I say conditional, what I mean is um, it is speaking to the conditions of the pre-salvation relationship where we regard sin, where we have sin um, accredited, attributed to our debt record with God. But then we come to him and we cry and we lay out our sins and we, we, we give them to him. We don't regard or retain them. We give them to him. And he hears that prayer and purges our sins and removes them from our record and so that we now have a mercy-based relationship with him. And it is a beautiful thing. So my friend, take that Psalm 66 and land at verse 20. Blessed be God. This is why we celebrate Thanksgiving. Blessed be God, which has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. That's the state. That's the true state of your relationship. You don't ever have to worry about God turning his back on you and refusing to hear you because you relate to him on the basis of his mercy and he will not turn away that prayer, that cry for mercy. Hey, happy Tuesday and happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. We'll see you again on Monday.